thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damian Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to the Wellness Guys. I'm Damien Kristoff. And I'm Brett Hill. And I'm Lawrence Tam. A weekly show dedicated to bringing wellness into your lives today, everybody. You might have heard my terrible accent just then. We are without Lawrence Tam. He's feeling groggy. He's feeling uh, fatigued. He's got brain fog. He's been traveling around the world. He's probably done 25,000 kilometers round trip a couple of times already this week. And um, and he's just a bit tired. He can't make it to our call today, which is terrible. He's pulled a heartstring, hasn't he, Damien? Heartstring. Yeah. In, yeah. in football terms, he would be rested. Um, <laughs> but uh, he's uh, actually could be because he he would have had the Super Bowl on yesterday, so that would have been maybe the entertainment got him. Maybe too much kombucha. I'm not too sure. But yeah, today, we know how much of a drinker he is. It would have been a solid session for Lawrence watching the Super Bowl, no doubt. Well, kombucha's you know somewhere between <laughs> 0.5 and 1 percent alcohol, so that could have tipped him over the edge, I reckon. So uh, that that might have been enough. That plus a hot dog would be enough for LT. Who knows? We're just uh, conspiring. We're just uh, throwing things up in the air. But we're joined today, Bretto, by an excellent, amazing human being, uh, one of our great mates. Um, he's the, uh, the Wellness Couch CEO. He's uh, the organiser of organisers. He's the preparer of preparers. He's the one and only Marcus Pierce. And uh, Marcus will be, he's just an incredible human being. So let's bring him to the airwaves with us, Bretto. You and me are going to drill down, interview Marcus Pierce. So Marcus Pierce, welcome to our podcast, The Wellness Guys. Jeez, you guys hang it on LT when he's not on. <laughs> poor LT. I don't I hope he never listens to this. You guys absolutely caned in the poor boy. He's oh, been traveling around the world. Yeah. Come on, Marcus. You're being you nice to him on air, but we all know that you've yeah. been gunning for his spot for the last five years. Yeah, I, mean, really. I mean, you know, look, yeah, it's, it's, it's unfortunate for LT that <laughs> this is going to be the highest, highest ranking episode of Between Wellness Steph Ryder and you, everyone's been gunning for poor, uh, poor, a spot on the world. LT guys. spot. Yeah. Well, you know, he might never he might never make it back on after the butchering you just gave him. But um, it is exciting to be on the wellness guys. I think the last time I was on, Damo and I were were doing some guest hosting. We had uh, Adele McConnell, Veggie Head, and Tyler Tolman. Damo, do you remember those yeah, days? I remember those days. That was um, fun. Three or four years ago, I was a guest host on the wellness guys. So great to be back. It's good to have you. It's good to have you. Well, it's been, been a while, MP. Obviously, uh, obviously, your performance wasn't up to scratch because it's taken three years to get you back on. But, you know, <laughs> well, he is funny today, isn't he? He is. He's on we thought we'd give you another chance, MP. But in all seriousness, Marcus, you are, as Damien said, the organizer of organizers. And uh, and the fact that you can organize the three of us uh, means that you're a minor miracle worker when it comes to organization. Oh, and, thank uh, you. And we've got some events coming up. You know, we had our summit, Marcus, which obviously you were the key organiser for, and we had a thousand people there, our biggest one ever in Melbourne this year, and it was incredible. And it all went off without a hitch. Uh, and now, this weekend, next weekend, coming up very soon, we've got um, the wellness breakthrough, um, and that is going to be awesome. And once again, we just know that it's all going to go off without a hitch because of your organisational skills, Marcus. And it's something that I think uh, is underrated in terms of you know when we're talking about people's health and wellness is how much a little preparation can save you a lot of heartache and and how you can just by being well prepared by being well organized before you start trying to take action you can save yourself a lot of time effort and energy and and set yourself up for success so how is it that you came to be so organized marcus oh bretto i read how to eat an elephant 
by Dr. Brett Hill. Um, it's a great book. It's a great book. But I think I think organisation, um, and you know, I could probably ask you the same question, Bretto. How how do you do it? But I think it's important. Like this is information that is very much common across all of the productivity gurus around the world. Time immemorial, and I think Brian Tracy probably says it best with this tongue twister, his 6P formula, proper prior planning prevents poor performance. Um, say that one again, proper prior planning prevents poor performance. And uh, he's right. I mean, you, I know, if we, I if know we a different version. I think mine's 7Ps. Yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> hit, hit us with it. Well, it's not, it's not for the little ears. Well, do you just put a P-I-S-S between poor? Yeah. Yeah. Is that the 7th P? Yeah, you just don't want to say that. This is a rated G. Yeah. That's why I didn't say it. I spelt yeah, it. Yeah. Well, these um, kids can spell these days. They're pretty smart. Oh, yes. Well, yeah, fair call, actually. Yep. Okay. Because oh, I always spell in front of the kids, but that's because they're not spelling it. Whoops. Sorry, all the <laughs> listeners that can spell. Um, we do have a highly educated audience on the wellness, guys. But uh, regardless whether it's 6Ps, 7Ps or 8Ps, I think the reason why I love to organize things is because I don't want – poor performance and if you uh, speak to enough people at this time of the year school's back there is uh, congestion on the highways everyone's back at work uh, everything is ramped up and i think there's a massive sense of overwhelm um, at this time of the year because of the 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 fast pace that has resumed in many people's lives and um that for me is enough to go you know what like uh, planning and organization is so important because the flip side is the overwhelm um is toxic and it makes people sick and it uh, affects relationships. I was, I've been doing so many mentoring calls the last couple of days to pay. And the common theme is relationships are in trouble because of uh, poor planning, whether it's around money or whether it's around communication or whether it's uh, their children or their own relationship. A lot of the time, um, these upsets and hurts in life can be prevented with some foresight um, and some planning. So, so that for me is 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 why I, I like to do it because I don't want those consequences. No way. Well, it's interesting thing that you say that, MP, because um, there's a lot of people that say that things catch them off guard, and I suppose you're, you're you're almost presupposing that there would have been some kind of a clue there that would allow people to prepare for the loss of something or the loss of someone or the deceit of somebody? How, how can somebody prepare for things that would otherwise seem to be accidental or disadvantageous? Well, I think, uh, great question, great question. I, I think on a day-to-day level, um, when people aren't um, passing, you know, when uh, like family grief is not something, hopefully, that happens on a daily basis, right? But in terms of plans, my view is that days very rarely go to plan. So then some people go, well, why plan when the day is not going to go like that? My view is, and the reason that why I love to plan is when when the, and again, I won't spell it out, when stuff hits the fan, um, that for me is the time to go back to the plan because what I observe happens with human behavior is when the stuff hits the fan, they spiral into a world of headless chookness, complete frustration and stress. And my view is it's because they don't go, hold on a minute, come back to the to the stability of the plan. I don't think I don't think we create plans so that everything goes to plan. I think plans are there for when things aren't going our way. On the biggest on the bigger scale, Damo, and you're right, like if someone passes away, that's a whole different 
that's a whole different ballgame. I'd probably say that's a whole different discussion because you know grief's one of those things that where everyone doesn't everyone does it differently, don't they? You know, the guilty people get guilty. Some people start drinking. Some people don't say a word. Some people all they want to do is talk. Some people cry. Some people laugh. Um, so I think that's probably a, a different a different discussion. But I'm thinking more on the the day to day levels uh, to prevent the overwhelm. I think a, a daily plan to to begin with um, is is absolutely vital. And Marcus, do you think part of the problem with that is that people expect everything to go to plan? Like, I, th- I think sometimes we have this idea, and, and I think this has become more and more in a sort of modern society, is that we, we talk so much to people about how to plan and how to set goals and how to have, you know, high expectations. And so people think, well, okay, so long as I think the right things and prepare the right way and create my plan and have my steps to it, then everything should go exactly to the plan. And then mm. I think sometimes the problem people have is when something doesn't go to plan, then they just kind of fall they apart because they're like, oh, Absolutely. it should have happened. They had so many expectations of what should have happened. I mean, you talk about relationships and I think sometimes people have sort of this glossy idea around relationships that, well, as so long as we do everything right, then it's always going to be good. And then yep. when they do hit those tough times, they go, oh, that isn't what I'd planned for. That isn't what I expected. This mustn't be right. Yep. You know, rather than saying, okay, this is not quite how we plan, but how, what's the solution? How can we work around it and keep moving forward? Oh, great question. Such a good question. Look, um, Shakespeare, to paraphrase Shakespeare, pretty much said that, you know, um, expectations are, uh, are the root of all unhappiness. And and I tend to agree. We have uh, we have the highest expectations. If the almond latte is not perfectly frothed, we become upset because in our minds, it was meant to be perfect. If we get to a restaurant and they don't have the gluten-free options that we were expecting that they would, we get upset. Our expectations have become so high often on things that are in no way life-threatening. And and then the other point that you raise is that people are planning um, to within an inch of their life and are so stuck, they're so emotionally attached to the plan that they've left no room for any flexibility in their life, whether it's with something like nutrition, which I observe a lot, I'm sure you guys see this a lot with uh, with with people that come in and see you every day. Um, if there is if there is no flexibility cultivated into the plan, then you can pretty much put a line through happiness and fulfilment because you'll always be judging your life according to the plan. And and as you said, Bredo, people will often say, well, this is not what I was expecting for my life or my day or my my relationship or or whatever it is. And that's because we often forgot to to pop in the plan gray area, flexibility, unexpected circumstances. Again, using Brian Tracy as an example, his his number is that we have um, a, a massive challenge or a major unexpected um, uh, result in our life every 90 days. And I would tend to subscribe to that four times a year. Stuff will happen that there is no way you were expecting. A practitioner might leave to go overseas. Someone might pass away. A child might fall ill. There might be some type of relationship breakdown Um you know, in, in siblings or cousins or friendships or the rest of it, um, at least four times a year, major unexpected uh, things come up. And we have to be philosophically and mentally and emotionally prepared for that, knowing that it's coming, not to try and avoid it, knowing that it's coming. And and uh, I definitely think it's 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 the planning that allows us to run run into the storm and through the storm rather than run away from the storm. And, and my view is most people are trying to run away from the storm when when unexpected things come up. 
Now, Marcus Pierce, you and I discussed at length once upon a time, um, and it might have been on another podcast that we do, uh, 100 Not Out, just a little plug if you're not listening to it. Uh, it, it could have been on that <laughs> and one. And if we, you're not listening to it, why? Why not? <laughs> we, um, and also world famous, one, uh, the, that paleo show, world famous. Congratulations, Brett, on that nomination, by the way. That's, Thanks, uh, mate. Good. It's just a little exciting. Bit of, a, bit of a digression there, but if you don't what know, is it? What Brett, is it? Tell us. Tell well, Brett's been nominated as one of the world's best paleo podcast uh, hey yeah yeah it's amazing alongside rob wolf chris cresser like huge names yeah big it's names. exciting oh, Fredo. big names they've got way oh. more syllables in their name than what brett hill does he's got two <laughs> so, you know chris cresser that's three hey uh so just you know going back to my question what it was supposed to be was marcus i was going to say uh, we have spoken a lot about uh, flexibility and we've spoken a lot about you know planning and the need to um always be able to yield results and have productivity and all those sorts of things can you plan for a lack of productivity is it okay to be not productive and do you have plans around that or like do you know where i'm well, getting you at? and you i went to you and yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, you and I went to Ikaria in 2016 and saw saw the benefits of, of being unproductive, so to speak. And uh, it's a wonderful point. I think we've lost the art of being unproductive. You know, we think it's a waste of time if we're pruning the roses or, you know, if someone actually invites us over to their house for a barbie, it's like, oh, gosh, no, 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 no. Like, I'll, I've got to be more busy than that. Um, I think we've, we've lost the art of being unproductive in many ways. Um and again, I think it's important that we that we factor in, um, you know, if we're looking at our days and our weekends and the rest, I mean, we have to factor in downtime. Uh, so many people, particularly those that um, either don't have children or aren't in a relationship, are spending so much extra time at work because they don't have the accountability to be unproductive. That could be catching up with friends for dinner i mean my, my view is if you're working if you're burning the candle at both ends you've got to book in a yoga class or a catch-up at seven o'clock at night so you actually have um a reason to leave work because otherwise if your obsession with productivity is not actually creating great results it's actually creating worse uh health and worse fulfillment and all the rest of it and we need to master the art of switching on but also switching off they go hand in hand without any doubt mp um Jumping around just a little bit, but I'd love to go back to, um, you know, what happens when things go wrong, um, because, you know, we can be at the Wellness Summit and, or the, yeah, the Wellness Summit is probably a great example of this. And, you know, as organized as it looks from the outside, um, you know, there's always stuff that comes up at the Wellness Summit. You know, we're, we're trying to get everyone up on stage and, you know, Damien's still having his back scratched by everyone outside and Lawrence is still doing his hair. You know, Kim's still flirting with a special guest. And, you and know, we so can't we, find we, the big rig that Tim Robards <laughs> needs for his presentation and it's somewhere on the other side of Australia and not in Melbourne. Brett's still Exactly. There's always, like, stuff, yeah. there's always stuff that comes up. And so, but MP, you never seem flustered by that. You, know, you seem to be able to work through that in a really, in a great way that, you know, you don't get flustered. Everything gets done. You know, you, you delegate where you need to. You keep everything on track. So what's your tip for people? Like when stuff does hit the fan, um, yeah. you know, what do people do in order to keep their life on track? You, know, you mentioned before going back to the plan. Is that it or, or is well, there other stuff they need to do? It's actually very – no, it's, it's far more simple than that because I'm a simple guy. I'm not very complex. There's always one of two things and this can be described any number of ways. I say it, I can either change my behavior or my belief. That, it's two options, change my behavior or my belief. Um, uh, Martini would say you can love it or change it. 
Um, you can love it or change it. Um, Tony Robbins would say change your perception or your procedure. But in any times when the, when plans don't go to the way you're expecting, you've got two options. So you can either believe that you've been victimized, that you were down, that you got taken advantage of or whatever, or you can actually do the work to shift that belief and actually go, well, hold on, where's the blessing in this? Where? Why is this good? That's a question a lot of people refuse to answer or refuse to ask themselves, like, why is it good? You know, like, why is it good for why? And here's the one that will really rub people up the wrong way. Why is it good for someone to pass away when they did? What are the benefits of someone passing away? Sarah's uh, sister-in-law, Renee, passed away um, when she was 39 of a cancer, left two kids behind and her husband, Chris, Sarah's brother. And to this day, you will see that Chris is living out the dreams that he and Renee had for their family with an urgency and intensity that they did not have when Renee was alive. Now, we can get as brutal as we want here, but I am in no um, doubt whatsoever that he lives by a belief that it is gr- it, that, that one of the major benefits of Renee not being here is he is living the dreams that they always had that they just for whatever reason did not get around to while she was here. So I think when things don't go to plan, and that was definitely not in their plan for Renee to no longer be here, she's here in spirit, but she's no longer here physically, that was not in the plan, but you meet Chris and you realize he has got such an empowering belief and a set of behaviors around it that he's actually able to make a benefit from it. And I think that's, it's just a two-pronged question. What you do with the answers is everything, and that's generally how I do tend to stay calm during those times at the summits it's one of two things but you look at empowered people out there and they are either changing their behavior or their belief system when things don't go to plan pardon me if you can hear my boy darby cracking it in the background but um he's loud so mp let's let's put that into a you know a day-to-day scenario you know so someone's um you know decided they want to get fit and they've signed themselves up at the gym you know they've paid their membership they've gotten three weeks in and they're finding it tough. You know, they, they've skipped a couple of sessions. It's not going to plan. Um, you know, how do they then work around that? Great question. Okay, so first things first is, one, they're going to realize pretty quickly that they might have a self-esteem um, decline because they're feeling bad about themselves that they that they um, messed up on the agreement that they had. So then they're going to look at – they can look at their behavior. Now, my view, if that person was on the phone with me, I'd say – Put more on the line because it's, it's actually easy. It's too easy to stay in bed, okay? So put it on the line. Call a friend and say, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to the gym five days a week. If I don't go, I will pay you 50 bucks to go into your shopping spree account um, for every day that I don't go. Now, most people <laughs> will actually do that. They'll go, okay, yep, all right, good idea, and they'll do it. And you don't have to do that for the rest of your life. But if you do that for 12 weeks, my view is you will you will associate enough pain to giving that person 50 bucks that you won't do it. Now, they get to check up on you and you have to send them a text message every morning. It's a very healthy way to turn something that's not a habit into a habit. The other option is to change your belief. But, but often, belief systems take a bit more um, uh, work and time um, to do than changing behavior. A behavior can change in an instant. So can a belief, but I do think it, it, it takes a bit more work to actually sit with it, think about it. You've kind of got to be more in reflective mode and not emotionally attached to it and the rest. But um, behavior for me is one thing and, and accountability 
um, accountability is everything in my mind. If, if you're not getting the results, if you're not going to the gym as often as you want, you just don't have the accountability to do it. We are a pain-based um, species. We respond to pain. We buy the papers when there's blood and guts and warfare and the rest of it. We don't buy the papers when it's 28 and sunny outside. It's just not how we roll. We're not attracted by pleasure as much as we are um, uh, attracted by pain. You guys would know more about that in the way the nervous system works than I would, but it's just the way we roll and we have to acknowledge that um, in order to get the results that we want very cool very cool hey question mp and this will go this will go along with an experience that you and i had in ikaria you and i went for a little jog we uh we mm. ran and uh, it was pretty warm that morning we ran up a hill down a hill it was dusty roads uh it was a pretty easy run it wasn't a long run it wasn't meant to be stressful we came back pretty hot and sweaty and as we approached um the breakfast area where everybody was um gathered uh, we were greeted by some Ikarian folk and they said, what are you so sweaty for? And we said, oh, we just went for a run. They said, what were you running from? And we said, nothing. <laughs> we just went for a run. Like we just, you know, just did some exercise. I said, why would you do that? Why, you know, it just doesn't make any sense that you do that. So, you know, that set in my mind a catalyst for relaxation, you know, for being a little bit less punishing on myself and having, you know, I suppose uh, lessening or lowering the expectation. Um, you know, I've found that over the years of me practicing naturopathy and getting to nutrition and all those sorts of things that I've had very high expectations of myself and I started to lessen and lower the expectation and, and filter in more happiness and all those sorts of things, which you alluded to before in the early part of your, your answer with, uh, with planning. Um, what I'm fascinated with is, is it easier for people to be planning more for happiness than for planning for, um, you know, a, a higher level of expectation. Like, could it be better for people from a longevity perspective for people to plan for better ways or more ways to maintain happiness as opposed to planning for more ways or better ways to exercise or to, you know, live oh, up to yeah. expectation? Absolutely. I mean, I mean, the thing is, if we talk about, you know, writing out a plan for your day, most of that's going to be behavior based, isn't it? You yeah. know, it's not, not belief based or fulfillment based. It's going to be, all right, call demo, all right, do interview with the wellness guys, all right, have meeting for the wellness breakthrough and the rest of it. So, they're all behavior based. Um, belief and, and, and or fulfillment based activity it still requires some level of, um, I suppose, doing. Like I'm all about you know socialising, right? And and we observe that a lot, you know. And I think I think it's it's really important that we do we cultivate the time to allow fulfillment into our lives, and and that. You don't get it watching TV. Like I don't know anyone that's that's incredibly fulfilled watching TV. It's better spending the time locking eyes with your partner, um, or spending time with uh, friends and family, and and making that a priority. So for me, it, they go hand in hand because it still it still requires a certain level of productivity or or organization to make that space in the calendar. But then it also once that ha- starts to happen and you begin to feel the fulfillment from it, becomes in many ways a healthy addiction. You know um, that you actually want to spend time. I mean, my personal rule is that at least once a fortnight, we're doing some type of catch-up on a weekend, um, like a four o'clock dinner, like an early dinner, like, you know, four till seven type of thing with family or friends on a Saturday or Sunday, um, just to just to have that, that, that special time because it's um, it does create fulfillment. You feel better about yourself. You feel better about your life. You've got more energy. Socializing for me in, in 
as a, as a rule is very energizing. I don't know if that's a global rule, but I do think that the the lonelier and the more depressed people are becoming, the more isolated they are. And you know, I tend to believe that we need to have more social structure in our life to create more fulfillment, um, because I do think it permeates fulfillment in all other areas of our lives. I like that, MP. I like that. MP, do you know what your Myers-Briggs personality type is? Are you an extrovert or an introvert? Ooh, <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm guessing from that that you're an extrovert, given that you're saying oh, that yeah. you, you like no, being around yeah. people and that really sparks you up. Because for some people, some introverts, they actually find that they don't get energized by spending time with lots of people. And, and that's that was the only reason I mentioned that. It was just so nice. Yeah, well, this is, I mean, I would, I would love to know um, from the introverts of the world, um, my, like – you talk to someone that, that that doesn't speak to someone for two days and they're flat. Mm. Like they have no very little human involvement. So they might be working in a cubicle at work. Uh, they wake up in the morning. They live by themselves. They have their breakfast. They drive to work. They get to work. They're in a cubicle. They go home. They sit in front of the TV and they do that. Now, they might be introverted. I'm not saying that they're not. But I, I find that even the introverts that don't have great human connection um, – uh, not to say don't know what they're missing out on, but they actually need it to create fulfillment. They might not need it anywhere near as much as the extroverts. In fact, they would go batty if they did. But they need meaningful relationships, and it, and and it can be in an introverted way. I mean, we speak to Lawrence about this. He's an introvert living in an extroverted world. Um, yeah. They still need meaningful relationships. It's just done differently. Yeah. Just done differently than than what the extrovert yeah. would. So, yeah, You're absolutely right. I, th- I think that's spot on, MP. Like, I'm an introvert when I do my Myers-Briggs as well, and I'm similar. Like, you know, I caught up for dinner with my best mate, Manas, uh, on Friday night. But that was probably, you know, the first time we've done that together for maybe 12 months. Love Manas. You know, like, we love don't Manus. do it He's a often. good guy. But when we do we do it, we love it, and we have a great catch-up, and we're best mates. But, you know, we can go for months without talking to each other, and we're yeah. both totally fine with that. You know, that's because you're really a wombat, well. anyway, mate. Yeah, it's because I'm an introvert, Damo. <laughs> that's okay. Um, MP, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you, MP, uh, is is the connection there between the happiness and between the doing? Is it just making sure that what we do, we're always connecting it back to our why? Because oh, you know, I was thinking yeah, about this. Bang I was thinking, like, I'm at CrossFit this morning, pumping away doing CrossFit, and I'm working hard, but I love doing it. It makes me happy, and the reason that makes me happy is because it helps me do the things that I love doing. You know, yesterday afternoon, the kids finished school. We went down to the beach, and the kids and I were mucking around in the water. I was picking the kids up. I was throwing them up in the air as high as I could so that they splashed down in the water. They were laughing and giggling, having a great time, and I was thinking to myself. This is why I do CrossFit. And as I was working out this morning, I was thinking, this is why I do it, so that I can be strong enough to do the things that I love doing to play full out in my life. And and I think that's the secret. If you can really connect it back to your why and you are happy doing those things, then then it just brings the joy into everything that you do. Absolutely. Now, you've hit it in one and, again – our, our, our daily actions, our steps must be aligned to our life purpose or our reason for being or, or our why or whatever we want to call it because otherwise um, it, it feels mundane and that's where belief is everything. If we have an empowering belief about our behaviors or our actions and we know why we're doing them, um, yes, we will eat that disgusting tasting sandwich, which I won't spell out. We'll do the hard work um, when because we know what our why is. I think there's no such thing as an easy ride um, and and great fulfillment. All great fulfillment comes from hard work. And anything that's worthwhile requires hard work, whether it's relationships or a business or great health or whatever it is, um, it requires effort. So I think if you do have that belief, then, yeah, you're, you're 99 um, 
percent of the way there or you know what do they say you know um success is what 80 90 percent in the mind which is really the belief the behavior will look after itself once the belief's there so 100 percent agree with you brother nice nice hey mp at this time of the year early part of the year people are still probably thinking about the things that they might achieve this year um the things that they might actually tick off in terms of their bucket list or maybe they've got still some new year's resolutions hanging around they yet haven't implemented how do people plan at this stage of the year for what's going to happen in the year what are the common things that people oh. plan for right now well, Damo, this is a uh, um, this is going to sound very self-promoting, and I, I'm not intending it to be. But I just had an idea. I recorded a webinar last night for my exceptionals, all about going through a 90-day process, going from 90 days to 30 days to seven days to 24 hours. Because most people have, uh, for want of a better term, given up. Not no, I don't think given up. It's not the right word, but they're struggling with what they planned for for the year because all of the all of the greatness of um of 2017 kind of goes missing when either kids are back at school or work's back and all the rest of it. So I'd be happy to share that webinar with your listeners if you would like. You can just put a link in the show notes if you like and people can access it. But I think it's a it's a massively important um, – it's a very important step because – if the people don't plan for it, and a lot of the, a lot of the time it's around work, yeah. like I'm going to resign from that job, or if it's around diet, or um, or it's about a lot of the time I'm seeing at the moment, I'm going to create a, a weekly or a monthly date date with my partner. Um, that's a that's a really like a relationship and date dates or date days are becoming really um, you know a really great ritual to have in relationship. But we love it. I we do, do think Amber and I. Yeah. Amber and I, she loves her quality time. Amber and um, I. Amber and I. Amber and you. <laughs> hey. 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 You were in Melbourne the other day. Oh. Rumors starting on the ones, uh, guys. Yeah, I'll tell you what. They said she went to um, New Zealand. But, you know, like, I do think that um, – I, I do think if there is no um, – if there is no structure for a goal, it's overwhelming. Like again, I often use the Everest example. A lot of people that have a goal, they can see Everest. It's like, oh, I'm going to run a marathon. But then if they don't see all the steps along the way, if they don't see all the steps, well, they look at all the steps and they go, oh, my gosh, there's so much to do. And they go, oh, no, like it's too much. But if the 24-hour if the action step was to go for a 2K walk um, or go for a 3K walk or whatever you want to call it, um, that's one step further. That is one step further. And that's really just using what Brett talks about in his great book, um, How to Eat an Elephant. I mean, we've just got to chunk it down to the smallest bite-sized piece that actually feels so easy to do in a day. Um, and that's where, again, like for me, that's the secret sauce, like chunking it down to a point where you believe that it's a no-brainer that it will get done. And you're not worried about your annual goal. You're just thinking about your 24-hour action step. Well, I love that. I love that, Marcus Pierce. Now, Marcus Pierce, as we wrap this, where can people find more about you? Obviously, marcuspierce.com.au. But uh, what else are you up to? What are you doing? Oh, plenty. It's all about Exceptional Life Blueprint this year. So I haven't I haven't even put this out to the world yet, but um, I am – my exceptionals know I'm coming to Melbourne in June for Exceptional Life Blueprint Live. That's been in Byron in the last couple of years, but that's happening June 3 and 4 in Melbourne this year. But you, you, you hit the nail on the head. If anyone uh, wants to keep up with what I'm up to, just go to marcuspierce.com.au, enter name and email, and um, I'll keep everyone in the loop. Well, that's great, mate. Well, we'll put that uh, that little link for everybody to go to your little uh, webinar. Um, we'll put that in the show notes and we'll get the game. So thanks so much for joining us, Marcus. It's been awesome having you on the Wellness Guys. It's good for me to interview you given that you interview me so often. So it's great. 
And I know that LT will be spewing that he missed this particular podcast. Oh, particularly when he hears you potting him in the intro. Ooh. Thanks for having me on, boys. <laughs> really appreciate it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us, MP. Now, everybody, make sure you go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Wellness Guys, and tell us what you thought of this episode. Share this podcast with your friends and family and other strangers you think need a wellness update. Please subscribe to us on iTunes because that's what gets us the numbers, not just downloading it, subscribe. And while you're there, leave us a five-star rating and give us a comment. Until next week, begin creating wellness into your lives. Lead by example and let's change the world's health together. Join us next week on The Wellness Guys Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.